get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. I'm doing really good. How are you boys doing? Doing well after that game last night. It looks like we've got a little bit of a series on our hands. The Rays winning 6-4 last night, and they did it in a way that we haven't seen much of so far this postseason. It's kind of been the pitching defense and Randy Rosarena show. What would you make of their lineup, and specifically Lau showing up last night? Well, I mean, it's the beauty of the baseball uh, world. You guys know it as well as anybody that you do tend to go peaks and valleys and you have knee-jerk reactions to one game. And it certainly felt after game one that, wow, this this could be a four-game series, maybe five. And lo and behold, Blake Snell pitches really well. And Lau, who had been six for 56, you know, delivers two home runs. And all of a sudden now you're like, wow, okay, so... Bueller and Morton, that, that becomes a push game where if the Dodgers were up two zip, you'd, you'd probably look at Bueller and say, they're going to go up three zip, aren't they? So it, it just, it, it goes really in fits and starts. And I, I'm with you, for those of us that love baseball, the idea that it's 1-1 versus 2-0 with Walker Bueller on the mound. If you're looking for a more competitive, longer series, it, it certainly feels like we have one. Yeah, Carl, the one thing that I've been noticing so far in the World Series is, for most of the playoffs, really, it's great to have the Rays in there. But when I look at that Dodgers lineup from top to bottom, like that's just a grind. And I think that Blake Snell did an incredible job last night of limiting their opportunities. But still, even as it got later in the game, they're like never out of it. I'm just wondering, can, can the Rays provide enough pitching in that tough grind of top to bottom in that lineup to truly make this a series? Well, I think after game one, um, you know, certainly one of the conclusions that I jumped to was you can see the difference between a, a $220 million payroll and a $38 million payroll. But they just have better players, you know, and they have superstar players. I'm not sure there's, if you were to list the top five players in this series, non-pitchers, that a Ray would be within the top five. I mean, uh, you, if you go from Betts to Bellinger to Seager, the way that um, Pollock played during the regular season, where does Randy Arozarena fit? Austin Meadows is having a good year. So to your point, it felt like after game one, you know, the Rays have, have met their match because they can pitch in L.A., something the Yankees didn't rely on. They didn't have it, but the lineups were similar. The Rays, you felt like, could compete with those three starters against the Yankees. When it came to the Dodgers, and you were looking at Kershaw and Bueller and Orius, et cetera, that's, geez, that's, that's just another layer that the Yankees didn't have that the Dodgers do, and it's going to be insurmountable. Long way to answer your question. They can. I don't think they will. I don't think that they have enough talent to beat them. I think part of what made the Rays so good 
is their bullpen. And it, it feels a little bit like Diego Castillo is not as dominant as he was when he was dominant. It certainly uh, feels like Nick Anderson, who has given up a run, I believe, in his last five games, uh, is not as dominant as he was. And when you chip away at the strength or one of the real strengths that the Rays had, that presents an even bigger challenge for them. So I, I don't think that they're going to win the series, but I, I'm glad that it's 1-1 and, and anything can happen with them because they are different. Carl Ravitch joining us here on 101 ESPN. Carl, you brought up the name that has haunted St. Louis this postseason. Of course, I'm talking about Randy Arozarena. You talk with a lot of people around baseball. What, what, what did you hear about the trade when it happened? And what have you made of what has just been an unbelievable rookie postseason for Randy this year? Yeah, I think we're all you know going to start to do between three and five hundred push-ups a day if that's really the secret sauce that's gotten Randy or Rosarena to hit the ball like Barry Bonds. Uh, I'll be honest, you know, I think people are a little reluctant to to say that that was truly uh, a trade that was rooted in um, uh, talent alone. I think there are certain organizations, and no one has told me this, but my perception, having been doing what I've done for almost thirty years. There are certain organizations that if somehow you ruffle feathers, offend certain players or pitch or um, front office or managers within that organization, there's a real good chance that when they have an opportunity to move you, you're going to get moved. And again, if we're falling too hard on, you know, tweeting out a post game, what was supposed to be private uh, message from Mike Schilt, then so be it. But I, I think we've all come to expect, whether it's uh, the Patriots, uh, maybe it's the Cardinals, there are certain organizations where when you do something, you know that guy ain't going to be there very long. I think the Cleveland Indians with, uh, you know, Clevenger and Plesak, that was the end. You know, the Clevenger story there, are you really trading Mike Clevenger on talent alone? Because the guy is really good. And... You know, that violation of team trust, uh, Terry Francona's, you know, somewhat compromised health, and you're doing that, well, you're done. You're gone. And that, that's what I mean when you see deals of players, you know, who are really good, like Clevenger, and even those that, that may become good that aren't there yet, like, we're, we're done here. You know, you, you've, you've crossed the line. I, I personally think that that was as much about why he was dealt then it was a let's try to get equal value if not if not win a trade. That's my opinion. It's interesting you put it that way. We've certainly kicked that around here as well, Carl. And I, I guess the natural follow-up question is, can you win that way in 2020? Like, obviously you can. You can do some winning. The Cardinals have had plenty of success both recently yeah. and in their history. But baseball is changing and guys going out on Instagram live after a post game. Like, I don't know that that can be the thing that ultimately defines whether or not he can be a part of your organization. Is that something that maybe the Cardinals are going to have to shift on moving forward? I I think it's, I think that is a, that sort of um, uh, line that is drawn by each organization uh, is probably movable. I think it's probably a moving target based on the talent of the individual you're talking about. But in, in the case of a Rosarena, and let's, let's just not assume that that's exactly what happened. Uh, that's my own feeling about it. What contributed to it is that and I've seen this not only in sports, but in other organizations 
Um, look, let's just say uh, there's there's property. It's proprietary. It's inside the clubhouse. We don't want that getting out and and literally going on Instagram or tweeting out video. Uh, you've you've in my opinion you've you've crossed a, a line. You have violated the trust of this clubhouse. Going on social media uh, like Trevor Bauer does is different than I think what happened in the case of a Rosarena. Uh, what Clevenger did had nothing to do with social media. It had to do with uh, you know, violating team rules. And again, uh, every organization has different limits and different requirements and different requests and different expectations of the players. I, I believe in that case, he crossed it. And I think, you know, in the case of somebody like him or a player of that talent who has yet to develop, uh, become a star, you're more willing to say, oh, you crossed the line in the sand, we're going to move you. And I'm sure that I know the Clevenger decision was a difficult one on talent alone. You're not going to give up a guy that's been in the Cy Young conversation, and they did. But that was the line they had in that case. So, yes, I think you can survive that way in 2020. Again, I look at the New England Patriots as one of the organizations that have have made that case. I think uh, Theo Epstein and uh, what he has done with certain guys um, – echo those types of like, well, we're not going to tolerate that. And I don't care who you are, how good you are. We have certain requirements and standards that we need and expect our players to live up to. And that's going to be the baseline. And if you can't fall in, we'll find somebody else. So I think the answer to your question is yes, you can, you can manage to win uh, that way in 2020. And I think the expectation of the, of the individual and the accountability, you know, shifts to them, not the organization. Don't do that. All right, Carl, last one I have for you here. The World Series coming to an end and teams identifying what they want, what they need, where they're deficient. But we're looking at a COVID-19 pandemic free agency period coming up or offseason rather. And is it how hard is it going to be for teams to go out and actually address the needs that they have out there and in the Cardinal situation looking to improve their offense get that big bat how many people are, are going to be realistic realistically out there for them and how much is the market going to dictate how teams proceed uh, again you know I, while we're in the middle of a pandemic and the uh, financial hit to the clubs has been massive they've all had massive hits so you're, in a sense, playing on the same playing field you've been playing on. Um, and there will be teams that say, we've lost X, and I don't think anyone would accuse them of lying. But George Springer is a free agent. Somebody is going to pay George Springer, whether it's the Cardinals, uh, the Mets, uh, the White Sox, the Red Sox. Somebody is going to pony up and pay him. And I, I believe players like that are going to get close to what they would have otherwise gotten because you're not paying George Springer for the one-year loss. You're paying George Springer for the next four years, six years, whatever it might be, and you've got to figure, like, uh, if this was a one-year deal, you may say, hey, George, we just lost X. Uh, we'd love to have you for $9 million, but you're not. You're looking at somebody of that talent for the next four years, so you're still going to climb up to – 36, 42, whatever that number is, and he's going to get it. I think the players that are going to get hurt by this are going to be those 
those guys that generally sign later, um, there's going to be less uh, because that's just the, you know, the economies of scale. That's fact. And you, you could, as a player, take a one-year deal, understanding that the economy in a, in a good, healthy world bounces back and all these teams have more money to spend uh, for 2022. It's, it's a difficult time to be a free agent for sure. I do think the better players will get their money. I think that others are going to find themselves earning a great deal less. And if I were a player uh, and I were that middle class, Give me one year. Let me show you what I can do. When the economy turns around, I'm a free agent again. Carl, final question that I've got for you here today, and thanks again so much for the time. You know how we are, and we're looking towards the offseason here in St. Louis now, and everybody's wondering (laughs) how how this offense is going to get better. They've got the pitching. They've got the defense. They need to improve this offense. Is there a player out there that you think may become available, whether it be via free agency or trade, that you just feel like would be a great fit for what the Cardinals need to be able to improve the offense this offseason? Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the places you look are certainly, you know, on your team, uh, corners. And uh, I still think Anthony Rendon, uh, not Rendon, uh, Arenado is, is available. I think you could do that. It's a hell of a lot of money. We're coming off of a pandemic. Uh, a lot of ways financially, it, it's, it, it, may be, it may be overwhelming, but that would certainly be a guy I could see playing in St. Louis. And I think George Springer is a, an incredibly appealing talent. Um, he has World Series pedigree. He seems to shine in the big moments. He's a right-handed bat. He's a hell of an athlete. Um, if I were the Cardinals, like those other teams I mentioned, I certainly would be looking at somebody like that. So, uh, you know, Arenado, for sure, who I know has been linked to you guys before, and Springer needs, to me, needs to be in every conversation. I I think he's athletically as gifted as anybody playing Major League Baseball. Carl, one of the best in the business, my man. You're hosting baseball tonight pregame throughout the World Series along with Tim Kirkjian, Mark Teixeira, plus reporting by Buster Olney and Jeff Passan. You can all hear game three of Rays versus Dodgers tomorrow night right here on 101 ESPN. All the best to you and your family. Thanks so much for hopping on with us today and just continued excellent coverage over on ESPN with you and the guys. Thanks so much for hopping on with us today. Thanks to you too. You guys have a good holiday season and let's go birds. Absolutely. That's Carl Ravitch joining us here on 101 ESPN. In. A lot to get into there, Jamie, that we'll definitely get into a little bit more tomorrow, but it it feels it, it's crazy. If it wasn't the COVID offseason, we'd be talking so much again, of course, about Nolan Arenado, because just as Carl Ravitch said there, he makes so much sense for this team. And yet because of the salary, I don't think he can go down that path. George Springer's the guy that if they have the money to spend, he also makes so much sense for this team, the same way that Dexter Fowler did when they signed him in the offseason. I think Mo's going to go for it, man. I'm telling you, the more I hear about this, like I don't think he goes out and signs both guys or makes a trade. It'd be incredible if he did. I'd be down with that. Mo, if you're listening, I'm okay with it. Now, that being said, I think he might identify it as it's a pandemic year. Maybe there's not going to be a lot of competition out there for this player. Maybe we do accept the losses that we've had and look to build revenues up following. I I just have a feeling that he's going to like go for it. I do too. I don't know why. I hope you guys are right because I don't have that feeling. 
I the, the more Quit I being read, negative, BK. Uh, hey, I, w- I would love to see it. It'd be awesome. <laughs> Speaking of positives, uh, the Rawlings Gold Glove Award finalists have been announced. We'll tell you which Cardinals are on those lists coming up next. Plus, we'll cross things over with the Fast Lane right here on 101 ESPN.